This is In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Today, we talk about the legality of cannabis with a gentleman who was one of the co-authors of Question 4 in 2016 that paved the way for legalization in adult-use marijuana here in Massachusetts. He works for Vicente Cedarberg. See, when it counted, I got it right. Valerio Romano is his name. My name's Jimmy Young. Don't go away. We've got a great show coming up next. Don't look now, but it's a whole new world of weed out there. Pot is flower, it's Bruce Banner and Blue Dream. You've got bongs and dabs, resin and shatter, vaping and edibles, new terms, new strains, and new ways to use cannabis sativa, the plant. Some just made with CBD, and hemp has minimal THC. There's sativa and indica strains, and 100 chemicals, all legal in 10 states for adult use. There's a lot to get to know. Get used to it, folks, because it's legal in the Bay State and it's not going away. Neither is In the Weeds with Jimmy Young next. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. All right, welcome to In the Weeds with Jimmy Young on the GoToCMN network. This, of course, is a video recording that is streaming live on the Cannabis Multimedia Network. It will also be available as a podcast on our flagship group. That would be clnsmedia.com. It'll also be available on Spotify and iTunes and Audio Boom. And yes, this is a video recording, and we post this video recording also on our friends, theweedtube.com website. And we have a very special guest in studio, Valerio Romano, which is a fantastic name. Thanks, Jimmy. I'm guessing it has something to do with Italy. I was born in Italy, yes. Where in Italy were you born? In Rome. That is so cool. When you get to say place of birth, you get to put in Rome, Italy? Yeah, that's right. That is the coolest. That's, I mean, Newark, New Jersey, oh, Rome, Newark. Italy. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I get Jersey's it. not bad. Come on. Well, I got, let me put it this way. My parents gave me Newton, Massachusetts at age four. It was one oh, of the best, nice. best yeah. presents yeah, I ever got. Um, Jersey's ahead in the cannabis market. I mean, Jersey's coming forward now, hopefully. So well, we'll we will see. certainly be talking about New Jersey because I think that they, they had an opportunity and they blew it. To the extent that I have answers, yeah. I'm mostly focused on mass, but we can, yep. Not only are you focused on mass, but your whole practice at Vicente Cedarberg yep. is focused on cannabis. How did that come about? Yeah, that's right. So we're a national law firm with offices in L.A., Denver, and Boston. We recently opened a Jacksonville office and, and a New York office opening now. Uh, our, the, the founding partners, Brian Vicente and Christian Cedarberg and Josh Kappel, the third one of the early partners, uh, participated and advocated for uh, and helped devise uh, – Amendment 64 in Colorado, which ended cannabis prohibition in Colorado. Gotcha. Uh, they continue, and so they they run the Denver office, Brian and Christian. Um, and Did so, the Boston office exist before Question Four? Yes, we okay. were doing medical, uh, but I wasn't with I, I wasn't with 
Vicente Cedarberg. Okay. We actually, I had my own law firm, and re, and in the last few years, they absorbed up my little firm, like like the Borg, and um, I became a partner in this national firm. So there's eight of us who run it. We have about 80 employees around the country. And it's all focused on cannabis, and you're... That's it. You know, and you were one of the co-authors of Question 4, which paved the way. Uh, first of all, how did you get picked for that honor, if you will? Well, I mean... Our firm, and you know, uh, we write the law, we write laws, regulations, we advocate for them, and um, then we get licenses and we keep them compliant. Um, and I had been working with VS, although I wasn't a VS attorney, when Marijuana Policy Project came, and I had been very successful in the first round of uh, medical applications. Mm-hmm. I got the very first special permit for any cannabis uh, use in Massachusetts in, in um, November of 2013, actually. Right, um, and I got so, my card in February of the first year. Of 14. Of yeah, 14, yep. right. Um, and and so we've been working closely with you know host communities and, and applicants, and I won four of the first twelve licenses, and so I was a, a known entity. So when the marijuana policy project came uh, into mass to end prohibition, I was one, one of the natural choices. And, and Adam Fine, my my partner, and other folks, uh, my law partner, and other folks were were part of that drafting team. It was it was definitely a collaborative effort. Nice and. And it worked. We you got to yes, even though I think the the vote was fifty three to forty seven percent. Or yeah, it was fi- about three. It was about three point. Uh, about three points that we won by. You know, six point spread. Um, and but now it's over sixty percent. Yeah, just for the record. I well, nationwide, it's it's moving. You know, to more CBS and more. just yeah. made out a poll sixty five percent for legalization. Well, it's, it's interesting during this during the drafting of question four. Uh, I mean, sort of the, the the fundamental conflict in the room was. I mean, everybody was an anti prohibitionist who was in the room, right? There was, uh, um, but some people want to just sort of free cannabis, treat it like lettuce, and other people, <laughs> you know, th- realize that that's never going to pass in Massachusetts. You know, you right. need to have tight control. So, um, you know, I joke around about Massachusetts being this progressive Puritan place. And I had after just being here for a few years, I already knew at that point that, you know, we really needed to have a a tight law. Uh, And so that was really the conflict in drafting this whole thing was how to make it so it would pass, but still satisfy the, you know, what we're trying to do with the law. Right. And it was written in a very interesting way. And I, and again, I am no legal mind. I have played it on television before, but I have no legal mind. And uh, looking back now at the last uh, 21, 22 weeks since November 20th, when it opened uh, officially up in Cultivate and in Netta in, in Northampton, they've sold over $80 million worth of cannabis in this state. A lot of people think it took way too long to get to this point. Now that we're here and now you're looking back at it, has the rollout been as you expected, like a control, more of a controlled rollout? Or would you have liked to have seen them act, actually get this going a little bit earlier? Well, and I know, and I know yeah. there was a Department of Public Health versus the Cannabis Commission ruling. I get that. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about adult use only and not medical, which yes. sounds like that was the basic question. Yes, that, that was, was the basic question. question. Yep. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, the Cannabis Control Commission, the, the five commissioners are in a tough spot. You mm-hmm. know, first of all, four out of the five of them voted against the law that they're regulating. Mm-hmm. I think they've all come around and they and they see the, what they're doing and, they, and they've embraced it and mm-hmm. they're positive about it. Mm-hmm. But they did vote against. It's kind of like Trump's cabinet. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're against the agencies that they regulate. Um, and so... Uh, 
so that's the first that's the first thing and then you know like like we were talking about this the really this really puritan sort of you know conservative mind frame when it comes to cannabis uh in massachusetts they've really had to step lightly you know i i don't blame the commissioners for really being thoughtful about every step now um i would love to see you know the process roll out more quickly i mean i i i but cannabis is everywhere anyway. You know, there's there's all these different arguments people have about why, you know, we talk about security and adolescent drug use and all these different things. But I think the best argument for why we want to tax and regulate cannabis is that it's everywhere anyway. So we And I want to know yeah. where it came from. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say I want to know where yeah. it came from, who touched it, or did they even touch it? Because I've seen them in the growers with their uniforms and all their screens and their plastic, you know. Um so again, the question is um, it's here now. It is. You walk around Boston. You smell it. Uh, people know that it's legal. And for years, of course, it was part of the counterculture because guess what? You smelled it then, too. Just not as much as you do now. Yeah. I don't know if I smell it more or less now. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, that one of the one of the things that we need to get going are on-site consumption and social type lounges so that people have a place to to use cannabis i mean if you're going to legalize it you know um, other than just uh, other than just their own home so mm-hmm. that's that's part of the law that we wrote and that'll hopefully start happening in the next year or so um but yeah but that, so cannabis is everywhere anyway so i'd like to see the rollout you know happen efficiently but i understand the sort of the pickle that the regulators are in they they, they want to do a bu- they want to do a few fundamental things you know they they want to make sure that you know I mean, a super important part of the law and the rollout of the law was uh, sort of equity provisions mm-hmm. of helping, you know, communities that were disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the commissioners are, are trying to keep that in mind uh, and as they do the rollout. They're also trying to make sure that... Um, that there's no that there's no unfair opportunities for for companies that are large with more capital and there's sort of a conflict there and it, it's it's a difficult world so they're in a tough spot but I, I mean they're doing their they're doing their best I know they're working hard they're also sort of hamstrung by the open meeting law so the five commissioners really have to delegate the work uh, and they can only meet and deliberate it with a quorum if they notice it. And so they can't just go issue licenses on a Tuesday morning. You know, they have to they have to do they have to duly notice it and meet and vote on it in public. And so that makes it difficult for them as well. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. that I didn't know. So I've already learned something and I appreciate that. Um, you mentioned the social equity uh, provision in the law. Uh, I visited Caroline's out in Uxbridge uh, over 420. I thought that would be a kind of a symbolic thing to do on 420 and got to meet Stephen Frankel and Caroline, unfortunately, was sick at the time. But they were a social equity applicant. She did all the work. She filled out all the forms, except for, I think, a few. But it's a remarkable story that she did not have to go through what a lot of people keep telling those who want to get into the business. You must have at least a million dollars of capital before you even start the process. She did not. And she just opened up a little store and and filled out the paperwork and qualified. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I probably of, I probably simplified that. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, so <laughs> under the medical under the medical law, you were supposed to be able to show five hundred thousand dollars, right? Um, and the medical is thirty one thousand five hundred to apply, and then another fifty thousand due within a month of your getting provisional registration. And medical still has that. They really need to take the medical regulations and make them in line with adult use, which is more efficient. That being said, um, they. 
I, I don't I don't work I don't work with them, so I don't know exactly what happened. But mm-hmm. presumably they got a provisional license mm-hmm. and then went and raised money because building out security. I, I know Uxbridge very well. I, I'm actually opened up Uxbridge to this whole use. I met with the selectmen before anybody else did. I've been working in and out of Uxbridge for a long time. Um, but presumably they raised money after they got a provisional license before they were open. I mean. Um, one of the big things in Massachusetts in opening any of these is security. Mm-hmm. Uh, Commissioner Flanagan will say, you know, unapologetically, look, this, this is not cheap to do uh, because right. you're going to have to spend a significant amount of money on all the camera footage you need and, and, and backups and for 90 days and all, all the security that one needs to open one of these things is, is, is very expensive. Uxbridge has a lot of advantages uh, as to why you want to be there that make it less expensive but you know it depends really on the use too so opening up a dispensary there's a lot of security there's a vault there's that sort of thing but you're not building out a grow right, right. building out 20,000 square foot of indoor cultivation in Massachusetts is millions of dollars no matter what Correct. you know yep. um, and so so, yes, so they get their they did it efficiently they get their product their flower wholesale through the may, the the medical people who are growing it and wherever else they can get it legally that have a, a license. Well, I don't I don't work with them, so I don't know exactly. Well, this is what he told me. Yeah, so they okay, don't. So get I'm it going out on a limb saying I'm, I'm not. I'm basing it on fact on that. Yeah, if they don't have a medical license, I mean, just to get into the weeds a little bit. Um, oh, I like that. It, it, Did if, you do that on purpose? Uh, sorry, I mean, there's only I love that. we can hash this out if you want. <laughs> um, it, uh, if they don't, if they're not. They don't have medical and adult use, which they don't. They're just adult use dispensary. Mm-hmm. Um, then anybody they buy it from via wholesale has to have an adult use license as well as medical. They gotcha. were growing Oh, so it's a twofer for yeah, sure. Yeah, but if you were, but just to get get into the detail, but if you are co-located adult use and medical, you can buy medical and then convert it to adult use at the point of sale. And so it's it's a little it's a little tricky, but in their case, they're buying it from folks that have adult use cultivation licenses. Right now, the cost of wholesale cannabis in Massachusetts is incredible. I mean, 3,600 plus a pound for flour and it's, it's going up, you know, 1500 bucks a pound for trim, uh, you know, 20 to $45 a gram for extracts, you know, live resin and whatnot being ex- ex- extremely expensive. It's just so much higher than any, than any of the West coast States that people are used to thinking about California and Oregon and, um, and that's because the, the difficulty in production here. Right. You got to be indoors for the most part. For the most part. I mean, I think the hybrid greenhouses are going to start rolling out. You know, the Freetown project is permitted for a million square feet. And Explain that. Explain there. that one uh, for us. Well, American is, an, is a publicly traded national mm-hmm. company and um, their first uh, their, their first tenant um, is a Basque. Inc., which is in Fairhaven, they're you know one of the early dispensaries that are open. Fantastic grower, um, and uh, their first tent. So, they, but they have a, a million square feet permitted in Freetown, and they're going to build it out for for tenants. And we'll see exactly how the prohibition on having excess of a hundred thousand square feet of cultivation winds up working with the Cannabis Control Commissioner or of, of Canopy. <laughs> That was episode one of four of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young's interview with Valerio Romano of Vicente Cedarburg. A reminder that this podcast can be found on the clnsmedia.com website, iTunes, Spotify, C-Suite, Radio Network, and the new procannabismedia.com. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. 
That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. In the Weeds with Jimmy Young is a podcast produced by Pro Cannabis Media Productions. All views and opinions on this show are not to be considered medical advice in any way and are not a reflection of the opinions of management of Pro Cannabis Media or any of its affiliated marketing partners.